This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Welcome back to another sparkling edition of that Millwall podcast as we step into the Lions' den with the Peckham Beckham, Darren Ward, who spent two spells at Millwall playing 270 games, scoring seven goals after initially being signed as a backup to Sean Dyche and Stuart Nethercott, an FA Cup finalist with the club who he was voted Player of the Year back-to-back in 2004-2005. And then in his second spell was a League One playoff winner at Wembley in 2010. Uh, we started off well. We started off by talking about uh, Kenny Jacket, who was a youth coach uh, of his at Watford, and was later to be his Millwall manager. All the challenges over the years, uh, really nice because it was local to me, where I come from. I'm from Harrow, or Wembley, or Wembley. Um, and um, just managed to, to, to sign YT forms and then within six months playing first team football, which I was delighted with. So what was it like? So what was Kenny Jacket like back then? If I'm being honest, <clears throat> Kenny's probably the most influential um, individual in football that I've had in my career. Um, separate to my dad, obviously. I'll get in trouble if I didn't say that. Um, but Kenny, Kenny's been magnificent for me. Um, 
rolling back the years when I first joined John McDermott, as everyone knows about at the minute, he's hot property. He's been at Tottenham, helped the youth system there for years. But John started out, he was uh, our coach. And because we developed with such a good side, um, we helped him to, to, to move on to bigger and better things. And um, John's always grateful of that. And we're, we're grateful likewise. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a really, really good times there. Kenny was always watching us because he knew how good the group was. And as I went through the years, uh, Kenny was very willing to, to get me involved with the first team with Graham Taylor. Um, always pushing the youngsters, very influential. Um, and uh, everyone really respected Kenny. And so how did your move to Millwall came about? Because you've been a... Because you've been in and around Watford for, I think, three or four seasons, haven't you? Maybe even a little bit longer. You'd had a loan spell, I think it was at QPR, wasn't it? Mm. And that- uh, Jan-Bian, you have Gianluca Viali came in and all of a sudden you oh. were maybe surplus to requirements, shall we say? Do you know what? It was a funny one. Um, so I'd been at Watford for eight years. During when I was like, what, 13, 14 uh, left when I was, what, 22, just turned 23 to Millwall. So that, that's all I ever knew, you know, all I ever knew. And I'd seen Glenn Roda, Kenny Sampson, that was the first first-team manager, then Graham Taylor for the majority of when I played first-team football and broke into the first team. And then Graham left and Gianluca Viali come in with the late uh, Ray Wilkins. Um, and... Uh, when they come in, they literally, I think it was 15 players they released. Um, and it, it caused a little bit of uproar at the club. They released some very good young players. A lot of people thought you just needed to tweak a few things because we just missed out in the playoffs. We had a great start the season before after getting relegated from the Premiership. We managed to get, what, nine or ten games there, which is great experience. The following season, I had about 46, 48 games in the first in the Championship. Um, playing with some really good players and great experience my first full season but then the season after that Viali come in and he, he was signing everyone and everything that moved who had a name um, and uh, Ramon Vega he brought in Stephen Glass Felipe Galli and um, it just it just proved to be that I wasn't wasn't getting a chance I think the only clean sheet they got was the only game I played in the cup and I thought well okay I've, I'm proving my worth here but um, they had their own thoughts. Um, I knew that a few clubs were watching. I actually remember the game. I played Barnet away in a reserve game on a cold Tuesday night. Mark McGee come down to watch. And um, I don't know if it was my agent or my daddy bumped into. And at half time, I think, or just after half time, he went. He went, seen enough, I'll make an offer. Uh, I was delighted because I just wanted to play football. And I was gutted that I, I wasn't involved, but I knew that my time had come. Um, then I met Mark McGee at Southport House in St Albans. I think it was the day after, after training. And we just got on really well. He explained that he's got this out and the other guy at the club. Fantastic young players coming through. And, and I'd always kept an eye on Mill, always, because you could see that Neil Harris previously was scoring loads of goals. You heard about Timmy Cahill, Stephen Reed, Richard Sadlier, David Livermore, Richard uh, Paul Eiffel. You know, that the players coming through was um, really interesting to me. and Something I felt that that I would uh, get on really well with. So, jumped at the chance, signed a contract, and then off I went. Yeah, because it was quite a young team and you were, 
Yeah, but I'm going to say you were quite young. You were what mid twenties by then, weren't you? Just, no, you just were... turned just turned twenty three. I was I was very I was I was probably the oldest of the young bunch, but you know, twenty three years of age. Yeah, just turned. Yeah, very young. That was quite an exciting team, I guess, for for, for a twenty three year old to be involved with. Do you know what? Um, looking at the team, one thing which stood out for me, looking at, at when I walked in that, to that dressing room, was. Although they were a young squad, you had lights of Stuart Nevercott, Sean Dyche, who were seasoned pros, a lot of experience. Um, and what what really hit home was how much kind of maturity that that group showed. Look, there was loads of fun and games in and around the change rooms and you know, out of it and, and on the training field. But they, they just took to first team football so well with such maturity. And it, it, it amazed me how so many young players had already played like 30, 40 odd games in the first team at that age. Um, <clears throat> and, and I just loved it. I loved it. Um, obviously, Sean Dyche and Stuart Nevercott were doing really well. And I wasn't expecting just to walk straight in the side, although Mill were paid, what, half a million pounds, starting at half a million pounds uh, for a 22, 23 year old. It's a lot of money. It's Especially a fortune for Millwall. Well, you got to think that's 20 years ago. So that'd be incredible about now. So um, I just, I basically, I played, I think uh, Mark McGee put me in at West Brom, played three at the back, played right to three. We won two nil, I think it was, midweek. Great win. And everyone was buzzing, you know, fitting straight away, got on well with the players. Um, but then Mark McGee went to a back four again. He just felt that he needed to do that the next game. Totally accepted it, got on with it. I think they won again. They've done well. So I had to be patient. I had to be really patient to get inside. Yeah, because I think because I think some of your early appearances, you played at right back, left back and in midfield, I think, didn't you? Um, I played, uh, Mark McGee went to back three at times. Uh, at Queen's Park Rangers, I played across the back three. So I'd learned, not learned my trade, but learned incredible a lot, incredible amount from Jerry Francis. Joe Francis, especially the ones in football, know that he is, he, he is, his knowledge of football is, is top level, top, top level. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have three months with Jerry um, whilst the Queensland Rangers. And my game, God, it, it, it grew so much, so quickly. So when Mark McGee went to a back three at times, I was quite familiar with that. You know, I, obviously I still needed to learn, but I, I knew the basics of, of what it entailed. Um, and, and, and although it's it's a back three, there, there's there's so many ways you can play it. Um, so yeah, I, I found myself playing a left and a right. I think we did play back four once. I might have played right back for a bit. Sl- slipped into a left back. Um, not really midfield, or I did play midfield uh, at times, a couple of times at Millwall, but really crossed the back four. Um, I think due to my due to my height, I was very fit, very very fit, not overly quick. I read the game very well um, and um, I would just outrun people. Yeah, because, yeah, as we touched upon, you were signed to provide a bit of competition for Sean Dyche and Stuart Nethercott. Very, very solid partnership and one that had been quite a solid partnership for a couple of seasons. So it was quite a brave move, wasn't it? Yeah, they were were really good players. Um, But you know what? I I just, I'll be honest, I, I back myself. I knew I was a good player. I played in the Premiership. I had a number of clubs watching me. Um, 
at the time, I knew there was a number of clubs at a high position in the mill and certainly teams who, you know, contract-wise, it wasn't a money thing where I'm going to go in and they're offering the best money. I wanted to join Mill. I wanted to join Mill. I had a real ambition to join them. So I knew that it was going to be tough opposition. Um, but I backed myself all the way through. Um, it took a bit of time. I did get a bit of stick from some of the fans when I, when I didn't get in the team as early as what I would have liked and probably they would have thought I should have done because of how much money was paid out. But ultimately, um, I think when you work as hard as what I did, um, things come about and opportunities come about and they sure did for me. Yeah, but I think you won everyone around fairly quickly. I think the hairstyle did it. <laughs> I've had a few hairstyles in my time and uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, look, I'm at Millwall, you know, let's, let's have a go. Who cares? Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of them. I'll turn up. I think people know me. I'm, I'm not worried for one second what people think about appearances, you know, and uh, I walk in that changing room, chest out, bold as brass, no problem at all. Uh, no matter what, what, what stick dice used to get, get dressed in my, in, in the, some of the clothes I used to wear in, I used to be in the gym and dice used to come in with a beanie hat, long jacket, Timberlands, these ripped jeans I had. And it was hilarious. Loved it. Um, but yeah, I'm not one for, being concerned what people think of me, that's for sure. Because that was quite an eventful first season, really, wasn't it? Because we reached the playoff semi-finals and we're within minutes of the Premier League or a chance of the Premier League, weren't we? Because you played in both legs, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Saying about opportunities earlier that um, I think Daishi got a bit of a knock. I come in and we just kept winning, kept winning. Uh, what for what I think it was what four or five games, maybe four, maybe six, seven. And I remember Dicey saying to me, He got fit, he's like, Waldy, I need one more game for a bonus, just let me play it. And I'm like, I can't, Dicey, I've had to wait, I've had to wait for however many games here. This is my opportunity, I'd love to, but I can't. Um, and then I remember when we played Birmingham away, and um. What was it? They went one the up. Couldn't hear a thing. The noise around that around that ground was 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 literally piercing. And I remember Dion Dublin scoring the equaliser, and uh, we just went crazy. Absolutely, again, the, the noise from the Mill fans were was incredible to bring them back to the den, and doing so well. And then what is it? A minute or two minutes and three minutes added time, and yeah, oh, it was it was it was a just a shock shock to everyone. We thought we were going to do it. Um, but that's history. Yeah, because we were all quite confident, I think, in that game that we could, yeah, that they certainly weren't anything that we didn't think we could beat. Yeah, that's right. Um, during the game, remember, uh, Dion Dublin, a great chance. He missed a bit of a sitter for his level, for his standard. Um, and from then on, you couldn't help but think, I think that was in the, that was in the second half, I'm sure it was, that he missed a, a great opportunity um, and we knew the winner of that game was going to win it. We knew it. Uh, one of my friends at the time, Clint Easton, he was playing for Norwich and they played him in the final. Uh, obviously, Birmingham won. And um, and he was saying that, that whoever wins out of you two at the time, God, they're going to be some. To, they're going to be really difficult to beat. And they were they they were really concerned. So, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. And the journey continued. So Stern John. I think it was who scored, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. In that injury time, it's all 
what was it like in the dressing room afterwards? You must have been. Yeah, we, yeah, we were distraught. We again, the the, the, the squad. I think there was just a no fear factor because of the age. It was just we're winning this. We're winning this. Everyone was buzzing, um, and um, to, to obviously go out like that—that that was a, a probably a, an experience that no one had really ever maybe than, than Stuart Nevercott and the older pros had, had probably ever experienced. So that was hard because that was the end of the season as well, um, and um, it was very difficult. Very difficult. We we were sitting there gutted, absolutely gutted, especially after the season we've had the journey we've been on so but again you know you had to get yourself together um and move on to the next season which um which we did i suppose it was quite difficult in a way because you had to stay locked in the stadium didn't you for events that were going on outside yeah i do remember i drive out yeah i do i remember driving out um it's funny i, I just got a new car <laughs> and i was driving out thinking oh no uh, this brand new car might not be brand new anymore once I get out, uh, certainly to the Rover Eye Tunnel. So um, I remember uh, you just had to lock the doors, fa fans were everywhere, they weren't happy. Um, and we had, to, we had to wait for a while. I had family in the car, you know, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a nice situation. But again, you know, you kind of half made sure that they knew that you were a player. Um, uh, and 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 yeah, we we we, uh, we got him safe. Yeah, well, the pal of mine, Lawrence Lalio, the former England rugby player, was there that night and mm. said it's the most frightened he's ever been in his life. Yeah, well, I think it. it um, you, you can you can understand the disappointment. And well, Mill were minutes, seconds away from getting into the yeah, getting into the final and then possibly getting to the Premiership. Um, yeah, I can understand it. It wasn't easy, but ultimately, there's a way to go about it. And um, yeah, we, we just had to get on with it. How long did that defeat take everybody to get over? Because because it was quite a hangover at the start of the following season, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't great. But um, I think it's one of them where again, it was a lot of young players. Although that they were fantastic young players. Um, you're still learning the game, you know, you're still learning the game. The late Graham Taylor, I remember when I grew up, um, I'd signed a contract early. I'd played first year YTS, second year YTS. I think I must have played about, about 12, 13 first team games. Um, and Gifton was coming, Gifton and Williams at the time was coming through. And um, Graham Taylor got us all in the room, all of the guys uh, within our group who were coming through because he knew how good we were. And I remember him saying that you aren't a first-team player, you aren't a true professional until you've played 100 games. You've made 100 appearances. And, and that's, that's, that really stayed with me um, when I was young. And I was, I, was, I was very conscious of that, that, um, you know, he's right. He's right. You, you, you've, you've got to play games to, before you really establish yourself as a first-team player at whatever level you're at. Because there's so much to learn. And even when you retire, I retired what last season from football. And there's still things you're learning even then and even now. Um, you never stop learning. And the day you think you do, that that's when things go wrong. Because I think 
the start of the following season, we loved, well, we got beat on the opening day of the season, 6 0 at home by Rotherham. Yeah. Darren Byfield, I think, ran riot, didn't he? Absolutely ran yeah. riot. Was that right. a hangover? It could have been. It could have been. Um, from memory, I remember looking at the stats. I think they had seven or eight shots on our goal, scored six. And I'm pretty sure we had more than what they did and didn't score a goal. Now, you could have called it one of them days. Uh, that sure wasn't going to happen when we paid them away. Um, again, was it was it due to the playoffs? It might have been first game after that. Um, but again, it's a lesson. It's a lesson you've got to learn from. And, and, and we did. The, the group did. It wasn't a great season that season. But I tell you what, after getting so close, you've seen it when people get in, teams get in the playoffs get so close and in the season after they, they, they struggle because um, psychologically as well it's such a long season there's so much effort and training you have to do to 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 get to the top and stay to the top um, so I put it down to a, 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 probably a lot of inexperience it's a huge learning curve for a lot of the players um, and probably repercussions from the loss because legend has it that there was a dispute between the players and Theo over bonuses before that game. Is that you know? Then well, I have spoken to another player about this. Who yeah, said, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to touch on that too much, but yeah, there was, there was. Um, we were looking at um, the bonus sheet, and to be honest, Theo wasn't the first chairman to ever pull that one. Uh, I'd seen it previously, but. The day before the game, we were, we were saying, look, the, the bonuses, what's going on? Um, and he said, look, take it or leave it. And the bonuses weren't signed the day before the game. Literally, I think it was later on in that day or in the morning of the game. And it did cause a lot of, un, uh, uh, certainly unsettled the, the, the squad. And I think it left a little bit of a bitter taste in a lot of the players' mouths. Um that probably was a contribution as well, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, but cheers for, well, well, just for clarifying that, because like you said, it was a season to forget. Yeah, but, yeah, but nothing great happened. But then the following season, mm. which was what, 2003, 2004, yeah. probably has to go down as probably one of the most memorable in the history of Millwall Football Club, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember... Um, the start of that that season I I was huge on reflection in me as a person I reflect on what I do I try to learn from my mistakes I'm not perfect make mistakes all the time I wasn't happy with my season my first full season at Millwall I got better as the season went on I improved the last 10 games I remember I, I, I was I was doing doing well but still not to level I knew I could get to I knew I had so much more and that summer leading into it I made a promise to myself I'm going to really knuckle down because I was probably still in a bit of a young light going out, you know, probably didn't commit as much as I should have done. And I knew I had so much more to offer. And I wanted to get back into the Premiership. I determined. Uh, one of my targets, I always set myself targets. One of my targets was to be player of the season. The other one was to keep a certain amount of clean sheets and to hit a certain amount of appearances. Um, all of those got ticked. And I remember in pre-season, um, 
when Mark McGee were having pre-season, I just remember sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to work so hard. No one's going to outwork me here. I'm going to run. I'm going to run till I pass out. And I, I remember the work put in um, was, um, was incredible. Um, but then obviously, it wasn't a great start, but it wasn't the worst start in the world. Um, but performance-wise, for myself, I was in a much better place, much happier with my performances. Um, and I could feel that I'd started to, to build momentum. And then I think Mark left in, what, the November, didn't he? November, December. Yeah, at that time, yeah. What kind of time was that at the club or, well, in the dressing room at the time? Because performances, are, they weren't great, but they weren't absolutely disastrous, yeah. were hmm. I think um, I think anyone who knows me will, whether you're a fan, you're a player, that I think you say you've got to be a certain type to play for Mill, but if you don't put the work in, if you don't show that you're willing to to, to give everything you've got, fans will, will see that and they will dig you out. There's no question. Everyone has ever come and gone when I've been there. It's the same situation. You know, and it's not, it's not, it's just it's just maybe a bit of a culture thing, but you know, you have to give everything. You have to give hundred percent. And um when, when um, that, that began the season, I wouldn't say the players weren't given 100%, but things just weren't clicking. We knew that maybe behind the scenes, things weren't probably as smooth as they, they could be with certain people at the club. Not, not within the team, but certain people at the club. Um, that filtered through at times and it shouldn't have done. Uh, Mark McGee brought a new assistant in. Um, and um, things just weren't clicking. And I think we just felt that in general. Wisey got asked to stay at home for a bit. <laughs> Mark probably felt that the, the uh, inevitable was about to, 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 to come to light. I remember speaking to Wisey about it when we were in a, um, uh, briefly at his time there. And then Mark went. And it just, everything from that day just fell into place. It just felt like, Everything slotted into place. Um, it was quite funny that Dennis brought Ray in straight away. And I remember the first day that I drove in because when I left Watford at the time, Ray was assistant with Viali. And I'll be honest, and um, you know, people who were, were there with me at the time with Ray, that we, we didn't get on great at the beginning. Didn't get on great. And... Um, and throughout the time there, there was always a bit of friction. It was a bit of a love-hate relationship, like I had with a player there, Kevin Muscat. Love-hate relationship. Um, Muzzy would try to dominate and push and shove everyone in sight. Um, but you wouldn't be doing it to me. So, uh, and I just wouldn't have it. Uh, and there was a few times where on the pitch, loved each other. Off the pitch... Stay, keep your ground. Stay, keep keep your ground. I'll keep my ground. You keep yours. But don't try to dominate me. And it was made clear with Ray. First day I drove into the, uh, the, the the car park, he was hanging out the window of the offices, and he shouted out when I, I could see him. And I just kept driving, parked up, walked in, and he shouted out, "Woody, want to see you?" So I'm like, "Oh, here we go. What's he going to do? You know, like, oh, he can't drop me. I'm playing really well." Um, and um, I went into the office, he said, look, whatever happened at Watford, done. He 
She said, new chapter, I'll get on with it if you get on with it. I said, yeah, of course. Like I did at Watford, I got my head down, and like, I did, like I'm doing here, I'm getting my head down and working hard. Um, and then things just kind of clicked. It, again, it just, we just um, went on an amazing run. League form was affected at times. Um, but the, the, the players we had still, we knew that, that we had a chance to, to, to progress and how things kind of fell into place. You're not playing, we didn't play a premiership side to the final. That's quite incredible. Yeah, you have a thing with Archie Knox that. Uh, that Archie, uh, yeah, Archie yeah, Knox. And, uh, yeah, but they couldn't have been much more different characters, really, could they? Archie Knox, I think, didn't McGee describe him as the hard man of Scottish football? <laughs> it was, you know, and don't get me wrong, Archie, lovely guy, really good coach. Um, but it just didn't work. It just didn't. It just didn't seem to click. Things weren't happening, and whether it was Archie was very organised. I remember his, his, his session planning, his, his his delivery of sessions was very detailed to the clock. Bang, 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 bang. But on reflection, looking at it, I don't know if that was the middle way. Then the lads they come in, they were relaxed, they liked doing their own bits, they were given a lot of autonomy, a lot of responsibility mature in their own ways and then to have that I don't you know on reflection I don't know if that was right for the group because when Dennis come in he went back to that we were out every every month we went boxing and at minute rounds pairing up you know we done all these things which we never do now imagine imagine a club taking your team your first team to to a gym a professional drip gym and having minute rounds, had minute rounds with world champions, and and this is the way which which we kind of lived our life with whilst being at Millwall. Um, so who did you fight? I, I was I I went in the ring with one of the coaches. Um, I'm I'm from a bit of a boxing family. Not that I've done a lot of it. I've done a bit, but I I was kind of probably more prepared than most. And I'd done a lot of training previously. Again, I'd, I'd never talk about these things, but you know, there's no problem now talking about it. So I, I went in with one of their coaches and he was probably, I was what, 25 at the time? And he was probably about 40, which to me seemed old at the time. So I'm kind of dancing around a little bit, playing around, <laughs> and he's popped me straight on the nose. And it kind of, <laughs> I stood back and I thought, you cheeky. Yeah. So I literally... I got stuck into him and um, it ended. No harm, no harm. But then after that, um, Wisey went, right. Like we, we, had, we had world champions, two world champions in there and a coach. And we all went through them. Like you had to have one. I didn't, have, I didn't fight a world champion. But then after that, he said, right, you're back in, pair up. So I went, are you joking me? And I think this was on a Monday morning. I, I'd, I'll be honest, I was out the weekend. I wasn't feeling overly alive, knowing that we wouldn't do a lot. Um, and uh, he put me with Paul Eiffel. So I went, Ice, right, chill out. You know, let's, let's get through this minute. We don't, no one needs to get hurt. Bell's gone. Ice's come tearing into me. I've ducked, right? I've gone, Ice, chill out. He's come again. So I had to leave someone on him. Uh, I've caught him, knocked his gum shield out, 
And when he was going to pick his gum shield, I've, I've caught him again. And everyone was in tears. And I was laughing at off. And I started running around the ring. YZ, Tony, uh, Tony Warner, Timmy, all, all of them were just in tears. Because he was trying to get me. But I said, I warned him. I said, look, be careful. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, you had quite a few who, uh, who, were, who were going for it after that. It was quite a funny day. Yeah, because they were quite a spunky squad. And you were led by Dennis Wise himself, who wasn't exactly backwards in coming forwards. <laughs> yeah, but I think that Timmy Cahill had done some boxing as well, hadn't he? He was... He did, oh, that's it. Timmy went in with Dennis. Timmy went in with Dennis. And they were going for each other. There was no love lost there. Um, but I think the biggest, the, the funniest one was Robbie Ryan with Kevin Braniff. Kevin, uh, Kevin Braniff had boxed before and they had to stop it because he was going to knock Robbie out. Robbie was on the ropes like that. He was he was gone and they had to step in. And we would just laugh. We, we thought it was hilarious at the time. Like I say, you'd never get that now. It's obviously... But we just... That was just how we we just done our stuff and um, got on with it. And that was one of many of things we did. Uh, yeah, it builds it, doesn't it? Yeah, it builds the team bond because you're there. Absolutely. You're all taking the Mickey out of each other after you've tried to bash ten bells out of your mate. And yeah, yeah, it's just that footballer mentality, isn't it? That <laughs> that you that you just yeah that you work hard and you play hard, I guess, don't you? And do you know what? That's what that's what Dennis said. Dennis was great at that. Yeah, that's his first job as a manager, and for us, he he, he took it. Really well, we thought he brought Ray in, great move straight away. It was only them two, really. You had, you had Ben, uh, what's that, Ben Stones, I think, the, the, um, the fitness guy. Um, and apart from that, he, he didn't really have, it's only really them two. Um, and we just, we just, we just took to it. He's very, Dennis was very organized, he knew what he wanted. Um, and he used to say, look, guys, don't mind you going out. I want you to go out. If you don't go out and I catch you don't, who doesn't go out, you're in trouble. Um, and there was, an, there was an incident. I don't know if you've heard about this one where we went to Canada. <laughs> and uh, we were flying from Heathrow. Um, this is post FA Cup. So we flew out to, to Canada uh, from Heathrow. And Dennis was right, everyone to the airport, got an early flight in the airport, all right, and we're flying nice, fly up something at four in the morning, four or five in the morning. And um, I can't remember who started it, but we got a message, reception in 10 minutes. So all the lads got reception and we went out, we went out. And um, for look, we're flying, we're just fall asleep on the plane, all good. So this is everyone, barring one player. And um, we've gone out to Canada. Literally, everyone was kind of gone, you know. Um, got out there, off the plane, straight to the hotel, changed to our training site to run. So we've got out there. Now, at that time, I was a good runner, very good runner. And I would always lead the pack. I would be, you know, I used to wind Wisey up because he wasn't as, um, as quick as what he used to be. And I used to really wind him up. So I thought you were quick and always run away from him. And, and we'd done this run. I think it was an 1,800-metre run. And, um, and we were running it. And our times were horrific. 
that was so bad. And he was standing in the middle with Ray, like with his, with his, hand, with his hand on his chin, looking at us, thinking, what's going on? He said, right. He, he, he kind of went to one of the young, one of the, uh, young lads, it might have been Curtis Weston, I think, or Marvin Elliott. He went, right, were you out last night? And they just crumbled. Uh, and he found out that we went out. So he got us all together and he went, right, I told you don't go out. And we were standing there thinking, oh no, we're in massive trouble here. He went, everyone who went out, stand to my right. So we've looked at each other, we've all kind of edged over to the right. And there was one player who didn't. And we thought, we're in massive trouble. And instead of having a go at us, he's gone to the single player, he's gone, why weren't you out? How dare you not go out with the team? I'm not having that. And he started going ballistic to this player. And we're kind of... It was, come on. Uh, I can't say. I can't say. It's not fair. And he was a young lad. He was a young lad. Um, so we were kind of, in the end, he went, right, I'll take that. I'll let you off of it. But if you do that again, serious trouble, guys. And that was that. We, we just got on with it. Had a good, good tour. Apart from Matty Lawrence getting sent off in the second game, or the third game, and I had to play a full 90 again. Um, it was a it was a really good tour. We got on well. We, we worked hard. We played hard. The um, I think everything was paid for by the, by the guys who come over. Really, really good experience. Yeah, and they just made it really, really special for us. So we go back to that FA Cup run, as you say. We disposed of Warsaw, I think, in our first game, didn't we? 2-1 at yeah, well, the Den wasn't a particularly spectacular game, I tend to remember. Yeah. And then we had Telford away. Yeah. Didn't we? And that was postponed, what, two or three times, wasn't it? Postponed twice, was it? And then we played the third game, I think it was. Yeah, and we yeah. won 2-0. That was a potential banana skin, that one, wasn't it? Because they were quite confident. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember playing there. Uh, I remember Wise's goal. The, the pitch was horrific, um, and the kind of game plan was right. Just do things properly. That that was what. That's all the. I remember him talking about it. Don't try anything different here. Just do things properly. Our defence is as, as solid as they come. Probably one of the, the the most clean sheets in that season. I think that the clubs had in the history. Um, he said, just, just do do things properly. Don't do anything out of the ordinary. Just do the basics well and we'll come through this. And that's what it was. It was just a job, a professional job done. Nice, clean cut. Come away with, with, with a clean sheet and, and two goals to send us through to the next round. And then I think we have Burnley at home, which I think they were in the first division. They were probably the highest ranked team that we actually played, weren't they, in that run, apart yeah. from yeah. the semi-final when we won yeah. that 1-0. What do you remember about that game? <clears throat> I remember, yeah, it being a tough game again. I think, again, FA Cup, having, wow, played in many FA Cup games over the years, that you just can't, you just can't guarantee anything. And everyone sees it as an opportunity yeah. to showcase, to, 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 to move on. There's opportunities. Um, and yeah, although that we didn't have top opposition up until yeah, Sunderland were a good side in the semis, but in terms of top level in the final, that they were still tough games. Um, we weren't free flowing. We weren't a free flowing in terms of scoring team. You know, we were very good defensively, very good. 
teams, I remember, teams were barely getting shots on our goal at times. Um, and it was nil-nils, one-nils, a lot of one-nils, sometimes two-nils, occasional two-ones. Um, I remember that season, that the, the clean sheets were, were through the roof. And that's what we worked so hard on, to, to get to that get to that level and certainly to get to that stage of, of the final. I think we conceded one goal, was it, or two one, yeah, one or two goals until the final. Two goals, wasn't it? Because we conceded one to Warsaw and one to Tranmere. So there you go, two goals. That is, that is very, very good um, for where for for a team that we were. So yeah, we, we based we 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 just worked relentlessly. I remember every Thursday we used to do shape, defensive shape, and we used to get overloaded, overloaded back four, the front two, or the midfield two in front of us. And Wisey used to hammer us, absolutely hammer us, because he knew that that was our strength. If we got that, let Timmy do his bit. Let Dan Dicchio do his bit. Um, Neil Harris, he was, obviously he was there at time. Neil played a lot. He, he contributed um, with some really good goals. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a, a real defensive season, I'd say, to, to, to get us to, to where we got to. Then the quarterfinal was Tranmere at home on a Sunday. Gary Lineker, I can remember him walking through the family stand. Yeah. I, and, and I had one or two things to say to him. And he acknowledged the big guy that said, <laughs> I don't talk up Millwall, where you're in trouble, you won't get out of here. Sorry about that, Gary. And uh, that was a frustrating game, that was, wasn't it? Because I think we missed a penalty, didn't we? And Yeah, great save, though. And that's what we, we looked at it. Muzzy was um, really good at penalties. Really good. And I don't think it wasn't the greatest penalty in the world, but we, we still couldn't believe it. He saved it. If you watch it, it was it was some something else. Um, but you know what? It was what it was. We 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 got got behind got behind Muzzy who, who missed who, who was a good save and we got on with it. We got on with it. Um, went up there on a freezing cold night. Remember, this was Baltic. Um, but we, 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 yeah, got the two goals. Second half, we did have to, to ride the storm. I remember a few shaving, shaving the post, very close. But again, defensively solid overall. A couple of pretty good goals as well, wasn't there, from, from, uh, well, from Timmy Cahill and Neil Harris? Yeah, Chopper's goal was incredible. I remember, remember he scored and was sprinting and jumped on him. I think that was the first one to jump on him somehow. Um, just a relief to um, to get that goal was was fantastic because what what was kind of during that season we 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 knew that we had to be on our top form to get results and again to get these clean sheets um, because we knew that we weren't scoring loads. So when we did score. I was just, I was just always so excited because that helps us. That that relieves the pressure on us as well. Um, and playing alongside Matty Lawrence, Robbie Ryan, and Kevin Muscat for the majority of that season, we all felt the same. And we got, yeah. Well, somehow we got to the semi-finals. Hmm. There's us, Sunderland, what Arsenal and Man United, I think. Was yeah, yeah. With the other two. The other game, yeah. And we managed to avoid the Premier League tides. How in the hell did Theo arrange that one? I think it cost him a few quid. 
no, no, the serious. No, I remember I was in a hotel. We travelled the day before. Uh, was it a day before? Two days before. Um, anyway, I was I was rooming. Um, uh, who was I with? Andy Marshall. That was it. Andy Marshall. We watched the game, and we were talking about that. How have we missed this? How are we in the semi-final? Um, and we knew it was going to be a tough game. We went to Old Trafford the day before, had a look round. Theo promised us that if we won the game, he'd take all of us and our families to Disneyland Paris. He gave us the, uh, the carrot, which we all needed. Um, don't ask if it happened after, because you probably know what happened. Um, and yeah, it was just some experience. What an experience that was. Yeah, because it wasn't actually written down, Theo didn't carry it through, I suppose. Theo <laughs> <laughs> being Theo. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, but it was a great experience, that that Old Trafford game. I think we were all gutted that it wasn't at Wembley. And, yeah. and we went up there, it was Sunday, wasn't it? I can remember getting up at some insane time, like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. To meet me mates by the Blackwall's Tunnel to go up there. Mm. And every service station between London and Manchester was just Millwall. <laughs> it was Millwall everywhere. I don't think anybody sold anything that day, but, but it, everything was totally obliterated. And then we get up to Manchester, Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams, they call it. Yeah. And it's certainly our dream, wasn't it, that game? Yeah, it was the highlights of my career. That was well up there. They were up there, if not the that that was the the biggest game because we we knew that whoever we played against there, especially Muzzy got injured, um, Dan Dicchio got booked. Who else was there? Wise was struggling. You know, we had what three or four players who would have started that they're out um, at the end of the game anyway. But we we knew we knew, and I remember Wisey's um, pre-match talk. Uh, he got us in and he said, look, he said, and he'd never said this before, never ever said this before, I'd never heard him, he said, do this for your family. He said, they're all watching, don't worry about anyone else, just do this for your family, everyone concentrate, do it for your family. He said, we've got all the fans here to support us, you're going to hear them, they're going to be loud and proud, concentrate, do this for your family. And um, yeah, we just kind of, Cracked on. The support was amazing. Absolutely. I remember looking around and you just, every hair on your body standing on end. And it was just, um, just incredible. When Timmy scored that first goal, the, the, the roar which we heard and the, the excitement which is running through us to, to actually give us that belief that we could do it because they, they were a good size, Sunderland. And, and, and um, you know, they certainly had a lot of the ball during that game and a lot of chances to beat us. And somehow we kept them out. We kept them out. And um, just when that when that whistle went, that, that was by far the longest second half I've ever had in my whole career. 628 first team professional appearances. And that was by far the longest second half I've ever had in my career. Do you know what? I was just thinking exactly that. I was just remembering, I'm stood there with me boy. He was, I don't know, six or seven at the time. And me mates, and they all had boys that were six and seven. 
And you look up in that corner at Old Trafford where, yeah, where they've got that little clock. Yeah. And it seemed to take a <laughs> year. Yeah, it was. It, every, every 30 seconds you were looking up and it's only 30 seconds later. Yeah. And, and do you um, know what? Sorry. Go on. Go on, go on mate. You know, that's the mistake I made. In the second half, I looked up at that clock too early. And it was, it, I think it was on like, I think it was something like 57, 58 minutes. And it felt like we'd been playing for a good half hour, 35 minutes. It, it wasn't even 60 minutes. And I was, I, you know, again, ask some of the guys who play with me at Millwall, you know, I'm a fit guy. You run anyone down. And I was blowing out of my backside. I was, we were under some pressure. And um, I just remember, you know, to, my, to myself, you obviously, when you're playing, you things go through your mind and you have your focus points. And I remember saying to myself, this is my opportunity. If I want to get to the top, this is my opportunity in my career, a one-off opportunity, especially for the club, just give everything. And, I, and, and that's something which we all did. We all did. We gave everything. That day couldn't have gone any better except for Muzzy, victim of a... Yeah, it was awful. Absolutely disgusting challenge from McAteer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I remember we saw it. Um, yeah, again, and how it happened. I'll be honest, it was a bit freaky, really, in terms of how it actually happened and what. You know, I'd never seen an injury like that before. Um, and yeah, do you know what? It was a huge blow at the time, but you know, we dealt with it. We dealt with it. Um, and um, yeah, again, it was just another challenge that, that we managed to get past. Then the final whistle went, and I think all hell had broke loose, didn't it? I think that not only did we realise that we were going to be playing in the FA Cup final, didn't yeah. give a shit who we were playing, because I think the second game was after ours. Yeah. But then it suddenly dawned upon us that we're all going on a European tour the season after. Yeah. Because I think that Man United and Arsenal were guaranteed European football or something, weren't they? Yeah. First and second in the Premier League or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, I just didn't know what to do myself when that whistle went. It, it, it was, I didn't have to laugh, to cry, where to run. It was just one of the moments in your life that it was just so special. Honestly, I, it was, it was, it just stands out. And even now, I just, it fills me with like incredible amount of excitement just to think that we were there. We 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 got to the semi-final Old Trafford and won the, the most historic domestic cup that that, that goes that throughout the world, the, the, the history behind it, to the highest profile. We're in the final. What is going on? Um yeah, little old Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's incredible. I actually and we, we just didn't want to leave. We just didn't want to leave. Yeah, we were, we were literally celebrating. We must have jumped on each other about 20 times. You just keep on, you see Wire jumping him, you see other, you go back to Wise, you go back to the Delivers, you go back to Wives. It was just, it was just immense. And then when we, um, yeah, headed back, it was kind of like, you know, we have to kind of, although we're celebrating, we had a game on the Tuesday, I think it was, against Cardiff at home. So, um, as much as we were over the moon, that, that we had a game and we had to go and produce the goods because there was still the league to finish. 
um, yeah, but in between all of that, there was a memorable local derby on Mother's Day, the Mother's Day Massacre. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't your brother at West Ham at the time? He was, but he was uh, coming through the ranks at the time, if I remember. Um, we did play against him at Upton Park. I think it was the following season. Yeah, it was. Um, but he was coming through. Um, what a game. What a game. My, my, our son, he's watched it loads. And he's just, he's, he, you know, with Michael Carrot playing, Repka. Daily had some he had some good players in that team, um, but how we just handled that and oh, it was just again it just added to the season, didn't it? It was just um, incredible game um, and one yeah, it was just which is great to great to win because of the intense rivalry between the two sides. They were generally pretty close games, but I think that summed up Millwall that season that when we really wanted to play. There weren't many teams in that division that could really live with us. Oh, I agree. We, we were we were very focused on getting into that those playoffs. You know, if we had a full team, everyone was fit, we backed ourselves to get we get in that playoffs. But when you've got such a long cut run, and you've got replays as we as we deal with one anyway, that that you know you've it it, it takes its toll on the squad. It really does. And it did. It did in many ways. Um, so we knew that if that squad was added to, if we could in some way, which I think that was Theo's plan at the end of that season, that we could move on, march on. We knew Timmy was going. Um, Timmy knew he was going. Um, there was a lot of interest for me at the time. Although I, I said, look, I want to stay. I want to get promotion. We've come close. Obviously, FA Cup run. I want to push for promotion. I want to get promotion here. And um, yeah, things just didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, we, yeah. I think what yeah what isn't remembered about that uh, Mother's Day massacre was we actually missed a penalty in it, didn't we? I think as well. And and yeah, but it could have been even worse for them. Mm, a lot was going on in that game. I remember it. It was kind of a nice early one, and. Um, um, we, we were just all up for it again. Things just clicked. Things just clicked. We were winning every ball. We were we were a front foot. We were making tackles. I've seen some of the tackles, and it, uh, yeah, just just laughing away. Um, I remember just solid throughout. Um, Matty Lawrence at the back, always a pleasure to play with. Um, we were just kind of just on one the whole season. Um, and you looked at us as a team. You looked at us certainly as a back four that. Robbie Ryan, not quick. Yeah, Kevin Muscat, not overly quick. Great experience. Myself, fairly quick, not overly. Matty Lawrence, the same. And yet we were just really, you know, with David, don't get me wrong, David Livermore was fantastic that season. Absolutely. He was he was so good for us in that team. He wasn't, he wasn't overly technically great, which he'd be first to admit. Um, had his ups and downs of the crowd at times. But what he contributed for us as a back four and a goalkeeper was 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 priceless. Yeah, but he added a bit of protection, didn't he? And yeah, yeah. he did simple things. Yeah, but it wasn't anything spectacular. He left that to Timmy Cahill, didn't he? And people yeah, like that. Right. He but, let him get all the, uh, the applaud. Yeah, and he just played the little balls, didn't he? And broke play up. It was kind of a Jimmy Abdu type yeah. of thing a few years later, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um 
with Livers, it was to see had a bit of a famous scissor kick tackle. Uh, probably wouldn't get away with it nowadays, but the amount of times where if we were getting countered, he would just motor through, clean the guy out with the ball, and it was just such a relief for us. He was he was a real anchor for us, um, and yeah, it was again he he played his part in a a kind of under the radar sort of way. So it was a build up to the cup final, like I can remember it, like yesterday, and yeah. getting me ticket, getting me son's ticket, getting me dad a ticket. He was a Man United fan. Yeah. Coming from Manchester, and it just is surreal that Millwall were going to the cup final. Yeah. We, we, do you know what? There was so much when we won the semis, you know, we still had a lot of games in the league. We had quite a few fixtures, and you can imagine. We just attracted everyone and everything. Um, there was a we done a song, which <laughs> didn't get into the charts because some some sort of mix of the rights with it or whatever it was. We had suits. We had we had to film the kind of song as well. We had all these the sponsors come down. We had newspapers, magazines. I got voted the second worst haircut in Europe or the world or whatever in one of them, and all these all these things which are going on and it was, I think it was quite difficult to focus leading up to it. You had everyone asking for tickets, you know, oh God, we were, we were given like, oh God knows how many, on average players were getting like 40, 50, 60 tickets having to buy them. Um, and that in itself isn't, you know, that, that's a lot you've got to do there. Um, all the bits in and around it. So, our form it, suffered, didn't it? Really, from yeah. what? Yeah, from memory, we we kind of we didn't go off the yeah we didn't go off the radar. We went off the bloody cliff, I think. No, <laughs> it, it was surprising. Uh, it was, it, and that was something which I remember Ray was talking about. He was he was happy. He was happy that our league suffered as much as it did, and he he, he really let us know about that. But we we didn't have a big squad. Players, this is a once in a lifetime possible opportunity for most there to get into the final. Um, and naturally, some will kind of take their foot off the gas and want to protect their, their future in that game. Um, but that, I just remember there was so much. Why has he brought in someone to kind of manage all that? And we were told, look, all of us will be offered a lot of money for kind of newspaper. Um, kind of conversations and radio and, and magazines and all sorts and be offered sponsorships and all this and we all agreed to put it all in one pot yeah the infamous pot <laughs> that pot is still somewhere at the bottom of the ocean I think but it certainly didn't come back to us as players and, yeah but bringing Eric Hall by any chance oh it was um, it was something else and um even to this day, God knows where it is and what happened with it. But I certainly didn't see any of it. Um, which and and you look at the likes of Timmy, of Timmy, Neil Harris, Dennis, obviously. Um, I'd done quite a bit, but those guys were the ones that everyone wanted to talk about a lot of the time. That that that, that you know, collectively we, we generate a lot of money. Um, and again, where this went, I don't know. Um, and then when we got to the final. It was kind of like, yeah, just just get on with it. Just get on with it. Um, we did get looked after really well. We had a lovely hotel. 
one up there a couple of days before, got settled in. Um, and you know what, quite quite relaxed when we got there. It was quite relaxed. We went, we, I remember training uh, a local local area. It wasn't, it was just kind of a, just a non-league, I think, facility outdoors. Um, nice and gentle, nice and relaxed. Um, and really just prepared because we had all the family to come and join us after the final at the hotel, hoping that we'd be coming, coming back, holding the cup. But um, yeah, we, 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 we knew that it was going to be really difficult because Deitch was, was obviously not playing. He got booked. Muzzy was injured. Again, Wisey was struggling. We knew he was struggling. Um, no Denzel. Yeah, exactly. He was he was on his way, wasn't he? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Andy Marshall was obviously between the sticks. So, yeah, that's a lot to take. Had Marvin Elliott. He went to right back, trying to mark Ryan Giggs, and he had Robbie Ryan on the other side trying to mark Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Matty, uh, Ronaldo in his pocket, hasn't he? Oh, I just I just remember saying to Ronnie, uh, to, to to Robbie, show him down the line. Showing wide all the time, showing wide. Um, we had obviously Matt and myself, we were dealing with Van Istelroy in the middle, and um, yeah, oh, it was just incredible. I just, I've got a roll of pictures I've kept, kept quite a lot of stuff from it, um, and I've given it to my son, and he keeps it in his room now. It's in his room, right? Um, and he just keeps looking at it and seeing his dad's name up on the, on the kind of monitor there that, um, and, and that we were kind of walking out to what 70 odd 80,000 people and and someone said to us that was it just I forgot how many millions it was that, that were watching it on TV um, just just a just a wonderful experience and you know you just you just didn't want it to end it the magnitude of the occasion when did that hit you when you were walking out that you suddenly thought Christ, there's millions of people watching this all around the world. Do you know what? We we um, we warmed up and we got together. Matty was captain. Matty normally have a little word. Um, and then Chopper, he, he, he said something which I always, we, we always, well, I always have a laugh about. And certainly made us laugh. So we're literally just about to start the game. And we got together and Chopper shouted out, like, we're all together, huddled together. He went, oi, boys. There's an FA Cup final today, uh, and we just started laughing like as if we were in a pub watching it, and um, and it, it helped us to relax, it helped us to relax, and and do you know what? Until what? Forty-two minutes was it? First goal, Ronaldo header. Um, we 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 were starting to believe that if we get these in at nil nil half time, you 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 have half a chance. You you have a chance. Um, when that goal went in, it was wasn't good timing. wasn't good timing, um, and against any team, especially against Man United in the FA Cup final, you know you've you've got your back against the wall. So, um, look, three 0 against Man United in the final, three four, maybe five players out. Certainly one who's struggling throughout the the, the game. Um, that you know teams have got beaten worse in a final, who are of a higher level at the time. Yeah, because I think Andy Marshall had the game of his life in that first half, didn't he? He stopped everything that came yeah, that came down Robbie Ryan's wing. Yeah. He, Marshall had a really good game. Do you know what, Marshall, lovely guy, stepped in. He he, he done really well for the club. Um, and um, 
I remember he made a good save. I think I had one off the line with my knee. Looked a bit strange, but yeah, just there was there was quite a few chances. Um, but that that's going to be expected, isn't it? And we, and we knew that. Um, there were we, levels, weren't there? Basically, in that game, and we yeah. got one level, and Fergie was out of the stratosphere, wasn't he? We weren't in the same postcode, on the same planet. He was, but do you know what? We, we were just, we, we we just loved the occasion. You know, we'd we'd won that semi final. That 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 for me was was the massive game for us. That was our final, really, wasn't it? That's yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. To put it that way is a good way of putting it. And and you know, to 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 give that to the fans, we we, we were just we were so happy, obviously for each other, but the fans. Yeah, you know, we were just we 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 collectively. Not just the players, the fans, the support was amazing all the way through. We, we just didn't want to go home. We, we just, we didn't want it to end. One of those moments just didn't want to end. Um, yeah, unfortunately it has to. And yeah, unfortunately careers have to end and, and we have to move on. Did we get the tactics wrong in that game? Because we didn't appear to, yeah, wasn't it 70, 80 minutes before we even had a shot on target? Yeah, it was, um, it wasn't return of stats. Um, shots on goal wasn't great um, but I think Dennis and he'd, he'd probably admit this and be open about it that I think he was quite mindful of of getting drummed by Man United getting beat 5-6 nil. He, he was leading up to that I remember he was very defence minded again we had a lot of work and we worked heavily on defence to keep him out to maybe get a set piece a counter attack um, we worked quite a lot on the right-hand side, knowing that John O'Shea was going to play left-back against Ives. But I think Ives had a bit of a, a wake-up call when he realised how good John, John O'Shea was and he could <laughs> just kick it and run. Um, and I think we all kind of stood back for, wow, there's not many people stop Ives in, in full full flow. And John did that. They were just, you just look at their team, you know. It, it was just, what a team. You know, and, and even then, three nil with again a depleted side. That that's not bad. I think yeah, that's it should only have been two nil because it was never a penalty. Do you know what? Um, I think not a penalty, but also um, I thought that Van Nistelrooy's goal was offside. So we only lost one nil. We lost one nil. <laughs> why is he podcast is rewriting football history the draw we should have had half the cut at least penalties but the first goal I remember first goal why is he um, I think he should have done a bit better and I think he'd be first to admit it although at the time he wasn't um, so the first goal was a poor goal for us second goal not quite. If you look closely for Bannister's goal, I, I was he was on. I thought he was offside. VAR now is offside, uh, but he was so close that um, yeah, it is what it is. And then obviously, yeah, well we yeah, well we go away. The following season, we're in Europe. Mm. What a dream, uh, Ferran Varosh. Nobody had heard of them. Nobody knew where they were, and. We thought we could probably win it, didn't we? I think it's quite safe to say. You know what? I thought we did. But what we heard was that out of all the teams we could have drawn, they were the best. 
that's what we heard at the time. And we were switched up. Well, yeah. I, and to be honest, let, you know, with, to be honest with ourselves, I think the home leg, we, we, we should have done better. Shouldn't have conceded. Um, and we certainly should have done better. When we went away, we just had a mad moment. Just, just, just a mad moment. Well, they scored three in, what was it, 15 minutes? Or what? I don't know where it was, but... Mad, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, it just it just deflated us. But even then, um, we felt we could get back in it. Um, grew into the game a bit more. But, you know, again, it was disappointing. We were really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to having a good run. Um, it just didn't work out. Very hostile over there, wasn't it? What, did that affect the players at all? Or? Um, do you know what? We, were, we weren't happy about that. We weren't happy. How we were treated when we got out there was pretty poor. Um, we trained on the pitch the night before. Um, we had to, when we got there, we parked. We had a probably a good five, 10 minute walk to the changing rooms. Um, there was a number of things that happened, which can't really go into too much detail, but it wasn't good. And the blessing in disguise, I felt, and I've always said this after that game, we were, we were lucky that we played them away the second leg as a club, we felt. Because if we played the second leg at Mill, then I think that would have, that would have been um, yeah, a disaster for everyone. Well, we could have made them walk from South Bermondsey Station, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that would be number one on the list. <laughs> but in terms of us all putting our sensible hats on and being realistic, they were wrong. What happened out there was was horrific, and and um, it was certainly tactical in many ways. But I, I, I'm I'm I, I feel quite you know grateful that in a way that that um, the second leg was out there because I think that I think that could have had huge repercussions um, if that was the other way around. Could have been worse than Birmingham. I think it would have been a lot worse than Birmingham. So, again, it was it was just one of those things which we were gutted, absolutely gutted. Um, and I was, because not long after, I just signed a new contract when Timmy had left, went to Everton. Uh, I'll be honest, um, Moyes was watching both of us. My agent spoke to me about the move. He spoke to David Moyes and Moyes said that I'd love to take both of them, Darren Ward and Timmy Cale, but we can't as a premiership side take two championship players. Can't do it. And obviously Timmy was hot property. Um, I had a number of clubs at the end of that season, like Tim, who wanted to sign me, a lot of premiership clubs. Um, and I said, look, I want to get promoted. I want to stay, I want to get promoted. Um, we managed to do a deal signed a three-year deal with Theo, um, stayed, brought in Jody Morris, brought in a couple of players, a couple of guys from Canada, that famous trip. Um, Siri, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the long throw merchant. Josh Simpson, was it? And Yeah, Josh yeah, Simpson. And, um, yeah, it just didn't work out, did it? Just It just kind of fell to bits in a way during that season. What did, what did anything of that have to do with Theo making the decision to sell the club and then Dennis Wise leaving? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was um, a number of things that happened during that season. Um, you know, again, even from a player's... New message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Side of it. We've lost Timmy. Um, Muzzy was injured. It took time to get back. It was serious. Did he bring in the players that, you know, with the money used to, to the level that it probably should have done? Was, was, the, was the squad developed? You know, I think people are probably, if they're honest themselves, it wasn't. Um, and after getting to a cup final and missing out on the playoffs, there was only one thing in, in our minds. We want to get in that playoffs or at least and get and get promotion. Um, yeah. And it just didn't happen. And that was really, I'll be honest, that was a really disappointing part of my first spell at Millwall when that happened because that it happened quite early as well. And um, I, I remember I was gutted. I was gutted. Um, and, and and we um, it was quite deflating within the changing room. So, so when you get through that season, you were like you say you've reached an agreement. Theo's left. Jeff Burnage has come in. Dennis Wise has left, and we're in disarray. Mm. And then you go and sign for that mob down the road. <laughs> what in the earth was going on there? Come on. Right. So. There's a lot behind this. When I left, um, I had two years left on my contract and I had a lot of, lot of clubs who wanted to sign me. Um, my agent was saying that you know, everyone in everyone the championship wanted to sign me. There was a number of clubs in the premiership. I had Rangers in Scotland, I think, who wanted to sign me. Um, the, the price was just going up and up and up. I was regarded as the best centre-half in the championship. It was clubs were just outpricing each other. It started off at somewhere 700,000, went up to eight, nine, a million, 1.1. It just kept going up. And I remember Powifal phoning me. I was actually at Bingo. <laughs> went out to Bingo, some friends. But no, it's actually no I needed some time out. I went Bingo. I never played it in my life. Didn't win a thing. Um, I remember speaking to Ives during bingo. And he went, Waldy, uh, Neil Warnock wants to sign you, Sheffield United. I went, yeah. Well, I've got, there's a number of other clubs who I feel are bigger than Sheffield United who want to sign me. Um, I said, look, I'll speak to my agent, see what happens. You know, I'm still at Mill and I'm, I'm, I want to see what happens here because nothing's been said. Um, I still have two years of my contract um, and then conversation over he signed he got promoted and um, I had it come down to three clubs at that time I went to get a deal done quickly I was told I had to leave I was told by Jeff Burnage I remember the conversation in my apartment I had a, uh, in St Albans at the time in between you know places I had and um Jeff Burnage told me that I have to leave. I have to leave. If I don't leave, the club are going under. 
I'm the most valuable asset of the club now and I need to go. And I'm like, wait a minute, Jeff, I've got two years of my deal here. And what's going on? <clears throat> um, he said, there's no two ways about it. You're going. So I said, right. So from what I was aware of, I had Norwich, who just got relegated from the Prem. I think it was. You had uh, Crystal Palace, same. And you had West Ham. Oh, we just got promoted to the Premiership. So I was kind of like, right, well, I, I was being told by a lot of people to hold out, hold out, because there was people telling me Aston Villa, Tottenham, who else at the time, Derby maybe. There was there was quite a few Premiership clubs who were interested, and I said, look, I've I've just played. Every minute, I think I played something like 112 games on the spin. It was well over 100, or well over. It was over. Actually, for two seasons, weren't you? Oh, it was. Uh, it was a lot of games I played, and um, I played 55 games in the FA Cup final year, and I think it was something like 50, 52 maybe the season after, and then the, the season before that added up the game. So, um, I said, look, Jeff. I want to get something done. If, if, I, if I have to go, I want to get something done quick because I want to have a good summer. I don't want it dragging out. Um, and I think it would get a bit messy. So, in the end, things were directed towards Palace and certain things were out of my hands. Um, and that is a, a fact. So, things went on. Um, I, I couldn't join West Ham for a number of reasons. One, you'd have got lynched. Well, look, look at my options. West Ham, Palace, Norwich. So I've got a tough decision. I'm all set where I am. So if, where I was living at the time in Lakeside, I had everything set. I didn't have to move. I had a lot of things going on in terms of like family and, you know, um, obviously my wife now, girlfriend at the time. And Norwich just wasn't appealing to me. It wasn't. Um, Palace come in. And I was, I was very heavily encouraged to sign for them when, when um, I had the conversation with Mill um, at the time. And that was probably to do with the, comp the relationship Simon Jordan and Theo had. Yeah, they were quite... Yeah, they had a love-hate relationship, didn't they? They were quite good mates, I think. Yeah, they were at the time. Very good mates. And, um, and do you know what? Looking back... I, I probably should have waited. I should probably should have waited in terms of um, I went to get back in the Premiership and my view was I'm a Premiership player. I, I'm, I'm, and this is my time to be in there. I was at my uh, the highest point of my career. FA Cup season, the season after, probably two years after that, that was when I, I should have played a lot more and I should have played a lot more games in the Premiership. Um, and But decisions took me elsewhere. So... In fact, you actually won promotion to the Premier League a little bit later with Wolves. Yeah. And then you came back. Mm, that's right. In, in what, September 2009 on loan initially, wasn't it? And Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was quite a de decent season for us. I think it was Kenny again. Kenny brought you back, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I remember I was in the car, got a phone call, sitting at a petrol station. Uh, Kenny obviously knew Kenny from when I was 13, 14 um, 
He said, look, love to have your bat. I know there's going to be a big issue with the wages. Um, but I, I just felt, you know, and again, there was a lot of clubs interested. I dropped two leagues. I was in the premiership. I dropped two leagues to join Mill on League One. I had a number of clubs in the championship, a lot of clubs, um, and obviously in League One, but it was only one club I was going to join. I was only one club. Um, it was a massive, in terms of you know, my career, it was a massive jump. You're dropping two leagues here. I was, what, 30 at the time, just turned, maybe just turned 31, 30, 31. Um, I knew that, you know, your career isn't going to last forever. I didn't know I was going to play professional football for another eight years. <laughs> um, but, you know, with what happened when I left, I just felt that I had to. I thought I had to. What am we all doing in League One? You know, of all due respect, I, I, I can't. That that wasn't what I wanted. That's not no one wants at Mill. Um, I just felt that I had to do it. Uh, it was near home again, and I made that. I made that move. And that was a decent season, actually, for us, wasn't it? We got to the to the League One playoff final. I think we played Swindon, didn't we? Yeah. That year, and we won one nil thanks to uh, Charlie Austin. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know what? Funny, funny that. Um, we, we, we knew we were winning that. We knew. That was, uh, I, I, when I first come in, uh, it was a rough ride for me. I wasn't fit. Um, I was thrown in straight to, I, I said, yeah, I'll play against Gillingham. I wasn't fit. I hadn't played in, in a while. Um, we got beat. And I, I thought, oh my days, what's going on? Kenny was fuming. But, we just again things just started to snowball as the season went on. I got a little, I got an injury, had a bit of time out, um, come back in, and we just flew. When we got in those playoffs, we didn't concede a goal from the first playoff game away to Huddersfield, home game, total domination, and in the final, we we, we just we just knew we, we so in football. Some of these moments come don't come about very often. We you know you're going to win. You know. No matter what happens, you're winning this game. We had we had an amazing squad. Um, Kenny again just kept things simple, so simple for us, um, and we just we we just gave everything. Um, on that Charlie Austin incident, I remember uh, Robbo tried to switch play, and he's cut it out, and I'm I'm chasing back, I'm chasing back, and he's just about to shoot, and I've shouted out after said. Shank like that, and you'll see me shout. You see me, and he's he's hit this mound, and as soon as he's hit, his face is just dropped, and um, not everyone just couldn't believe it because he was he was a very good striker, and those opportunities he'd normally put away, but I think the pitch helps us there. Yeah, because obviously we were one 0 up. Robbo had scored, didn't they? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it was going. Yeah. It was going swimmingly well. Then probably the one player on the pitch you'd have banked on scoring was Charlie Austin. Mm. And right. and it ended up in the Swindon fans, didn't it? <laughs> it was absolutely mental. They caught it, yeah. Um, but we were just, you saw, well, I've seen pictures after, the, the relief, the excitement, the thrill, the, it was just... 
because of the year before, obviously, where Mill fell short in the final, Gary Alexander's goal. That it, it, again, it was just just a relief to play at Wembley, to win at Wembley, to get a clean sheet, to be back in the Championship, where you know for the for the club, amazing. And personally, we all had our own individual personal reasons that I was out of contract. I, I had no contract. If we had lost, that who knows what would have happened. So, and everyone was in the same boat where, you know, it was so much at, at stake here. Um, so where the kind of thought process was right, get back to me all, help collectively to get us back in this championship and push on. That, that was a, just a real relief and a, and a target tick for myself. Yeah, yeah but I think it was redemption because of the season before. Mm. In, in many people's eyes, because we should have we should have got some out of that scum football game. Gary Alexander scores the best goal that Wembley's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Ever and then we get back there the following season when I think second half of that season, I think we were untouchable. Steve Morrison, mm. absolutely magnificent, wasn't he? As, as, as he proved in that Huddersfield mm. uh, semi-final, that yeah. second leg. Yeah, Steve was he was on fire. His his pace, he just scared the living daylights out of all defenders. You left him one v one, even two v one on the halfway line, you're in trouble. He just had the knack of 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 spinning players, whether it's a just literally one v one marking, spinning players, getting the end of a ball, holding the ball up, out to in runs. He he was fantastic and earned him a, a, a move from that as well. Yeah, that's what put him on the map, really, wasn't it? Yeah. So you had a couple more seasons at Millwall, I think, and then it kind of kind of went a bit south towards the end, didn't it? Yeah, it was... Um, at the time, it was... It was uh, you know, I'm talking about how I was feeling at the time. It felt a lot of frustration, to be honest. Um, felt I played well enough at certain times to stay in the team, to build on with the team. Um, but that never happened. Uh, I left. Again, it was, you know, I was, what, 32, 33 at the time? Um, some people, yeah, gone. But again, I knew that I'd still had plenty of the tank, plenty of tank to, to perform at a, a good level. Um, I felt I, I was still good enough to play at Mill. And to play in the championship, I started the season against Blackpool at home, um, and um, yeah, I thought I had a good game again. But after that, it was um, Kenny had his own thoughts, and I respect that. Um, there were a few things that happened in between. I wasn't happy with, didn't need to happen. That certainly didn't. Um, and um, ultimately, life goes on. Life goes on, and, and um, it, I had to go. I had to go. I had to leave then. Yeah, because I think you said you were treated like a schoolboy. I read in the interview. Yeah, I think at the time I had a, there was a lot of frustration in me. Um, you know, Kenny again. Kenny's been brilliant for me, uh, and these things happen. I think we'd both agree that that when I left, it could have been dealt with better from both sides. And and I think if we're both open, and honest about that, that that would be agreed. There's no question. I've seen Kenny many times since, and all's good. 
all's good. Um, I've known again, I've known Kenny for 30 years nearly. You know, we, we go about a long, long way. Um, he's coached, I think, all my brothers. It's four of us. Uh, he's had a huge impact in our lives to help us three out of four become professionals. And Kenny's been inspirational. And I haven't, I haven't got a bad word to say against him uh, other than just a massive thanks because he has been, he's been inspirational. And um, there's a lot of frustration for me when I left because I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to play for him. I wanted to play for Kenny. But it just, it was time to go. Sometimes you just feel, right, I just got to move on now. And that's what happened. So you carried on playing, I think, until what last season, the season before at Hemel Hempstead. Yeah. Didn't yeah, but you've had business interests, yeah, calories, finances, and soccer schools. Yeah. What are you up to these days? Um, I'm finishing off my A license. Um, I've been in a position temporary manager at Swindon when I was there when Palo de Canio left. I got offered the job at the time. Um said, no, I want to keep playing with Tommy Miller. Uh, and it's a good choice. I think from then, I must have played about 100, between 150 and 200 games. Um, at Hemel, I found myself in the position as caretaker manager again for three games. Done well, got offered a job. Didn't think it was right at the time. Um, wanted to keep playing, which I did. Played a lot of games that season. Um, but it's, it's hard. It was... It was hard to come down the, the leagues when um, I felt I could have played for longer at a high level. Um, things happen in football and you look back and you think, why did I put my trust in, in, in that person? And that person, you know, certain people that you just learn your lesson. And, um, and what, I've, what, I've, what I feel now is, is stick to what you know best. So what I know best is football. Um Hopefully, I have my A license signed off soon. I've been offered quite a few jobs around, but what I what I feel in football is that there's not enough stability. Whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, there's no stability. You don't know where you're going to be from week to week, let alone month or year to year. So my view of it is to to help to to create a stable kind of safety net in a way uh, through DW Soccer School. Um, not knowing that we'll be opening up just before a lockdown <laughs> to get back for another lockdown. So it's been, it's been challenging, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, the response that we've had from, from players and parents has been, it's been fantastic. Really, really good. Um, and some of the feedback we get, we had, we had a feedback this morning from a parent um, and uh, it's lovely. It's lovely to, to give some of that to football uh, once this is established, which hopefully will be soon, um, I'm st I'm still looking for, for for options. Once the stability is in my life, in terms of if anything that happens, I, I don't want to be taking jobs in football on a professional level solely because I, I want that job or I need that job. I want to go if if I go into a job knowing I've got something to fall back on, which so many coaches and managers don't. Um, that's important to me. And um, and that's my plan. So hopefully in a year or two time, hey, you might even see me back at Mill to some degree. Um, you never know. Is yeah, was that something that would interest you going into the coaching side down at that lovely basket case of a club of ours? Um, I, you know, I'm I'm very thick skinned. I'm very um, very determined. Um, 
I've been in position twice as a manager and, and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I'm comfortable with it. Um, I've dealt with coaching men. Um, the ins and outs of dealing with agents, dealing with players, young and old, coaches, backgrounds, finances, all this, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Um, but it's got to be right. I have a family, I have responsibilities. Um, I'm going to be very, very transparent, so I always am. Um, I want to build trust. Trust is huge. If you don't have trust, you have nothing. You have to have trust, especially in football. If you're managing, you're coaching, you've got to be a great leader. Have to be so important. None of this management anymore. It's gone. It's leadership all the way. You see some of the best coaches and managers in the world. They're fantastic leaders. Obviously, very good coaches and have a good squad around them. Assembled a very good team. Leadership's huge, and um, I've I've got into a lot of that. I've got quite a few qualifications in different areas, um, and we'll continue to do so. If something comes up, great. Um, but if it doesn't, then we'll just see what, what happens. Darren, that seems like quite an appropriate end to end our hour and a half together. That it's actually more. Yeah, it could have been more. Mate, we could have gone on all evening. Yeah. I just want to say thank you very much to, to, you know, to Darren Ward for joining us this evening. And I wish you all the best, Darren. Really appreciate it. Loved every minute of it. And um, yeah, good luck for the future. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.